God's Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. As the circumstances of the world become more extreme and confusing, we must tune our ears to the voice of our Heavenly Father. His revelation is essential to navigate the road ahead. Welcome to Current Affairs with Sam Soul. Now we know that in the progression of sixes, he's not talking about 666. He's talking about six and then six six and then six six six. All having reference to an identifying mark of persons comprising of two characteristics, two essential characteristics. The first characteristic is a false claim to being a son of God without being submitted to God, carrying out, living within the economy of the sweat of the brow and carrying out the false hope that you shall be as gods on your own. One cannot simultaneously claim to be of Christ without submitting to Christ and also living by His own economy. Because the plan, you see, from the ages when God designated it to be so, the plan was that we should live in Christ, that we would be clothed upon by Christ, propitiated, if you prefer, by the covering of Christ. And of course the word propitiation means covering and is analogous to the Ark of the Covenant. We've gotten into that before. I won't repeat what has been said there. But rather in the summary of it, to say that in Christ God attributes all of His relationship to Christ, covenantally established, to you, you who are in Christ, the assembled members of the body of Christ. God attributes that all to you. Christ, on the other hand, who has sent the Holy Spirit to reveal Himself to the members of His body, Christ then requires over time a transformation of your nature to take on the character of Christ Himself and analogizes this to the refiner's fire that produces pure gold which then may be stamped in the image and likeness stamped with the image of Christ and refined 
to reflect the likeness of Christ. So in Christ, you're actually going to be made to conform to the standard who is Christ. There cannot be another way. Propitiation requires on the one hand covering to secure you, to to present you to the Father blamelessly in the same status as Christ who is blameless before the Father inasmuch as He lived the perfect life and is acceptable to the Father, did not count it robbery to be on equal terms with God but made Himself a servant to establish righteousness in His body so that we who are members of His body might be grafted in and made righteous by His righteousness. But whereas we are initially positioned in Christ and initially given His righteousness, in the workshop known as the body of Christ, we are actually conformed to the exactness of His character. He conforms us so. I spoke at length about five graces, speaking in summary of those five graces. They reflect the power of Christ, the power that Christ has been given by the Father to rescue us from the domain of darkness. So to start with the raw material, to rescue us from the domain of darkness, this process is called salvation where we are saved out of one kingdom and placed into another kingdom. This is vastly different from the typical Baptist doctrine that speaks of salvation as going to heaven when you die. Salvation is not a destination. Salvation is a change of status by changing who rules over you. The prince of Egypt once ruled over the Israelites and then they were saved out of it by the hand of God to be delivered into the promise He made to Abraham, the timing of which had come. And so Egypt could not keep them as slaves and the Red Sea swallowed up the opposition even as they were set free, Israel was set free to go up and possess the incidences of the promise God gave to Abraham and which attenuated to them, a type and shadow of Christ. So the grace of salvation is one of five graces and it is about being set free from the control of the evil one, liberated from the domain of darkness and delivered into the kingdom of God and the rule of the Son of God. There is no condemnation now for those who are in Christ Jesus. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus sets us free from the law of sin and death, which is if you sin you die, the wages of sin. Then there's the grace of reconciliation. God reconciles you to the vision 
of who he had before, who, who he saw you to be before you were in your mother's womb. From an eternal perspective, there is a vision of who you are to be on the earth. It's how God means to live in you. So God restores that vision to you and reconciles you to that vision. So the grace of reconciliation and the grace of confirmation. God confirms and conforms you to that and reconciles you to it. So the grace of salvation, the grace of reconciliation, the grace of confirmation, the grace of maturation where He grows you up into it. That's where you especially encounter the fire, where you leave behind the dross, the soul's pull, the soul's imperatives as you shift from a person led by the soul to a person led by the Spirit of God in fellowship with your spirit and the soul is restored under the rule of your spirit. And the grace of maturation is that, He matures you in the process. And the final grace is the grace of exact representation. So sonship in Christ is a progression wherein the soul is saved. When you are assembled to Christ, you must be, you must be brought to maturity. I am astonished, and I've said this many times, I'm astonished at the near complete absence of teaching on the requirement of growing up and maturing. It's because everybody has been hoodwinked, deceived by a partial gospel. The partial gospel that says you get saved so you can go to heaven when you die. No, you get saved so you may be conformed to the likeness of Christ, that you might carry His presence in the earth in exact representation. That's why He saved you. Salvation is not a destination as is popularly spoken. And that's why today you have all kinds of immature people both running the church and being the church. And one can't help the other. That's why they're easily led by every wind of doctrine, the foolishness of men who catches them in every silly scheme. That's why. That's why QAnon, the QAnon uh, proponents have replaced preachers for influence among the evangelical church. And frankly, the preachers deserve that replacement because they did nothing to further the gospel of Christ. They heap to themselves uh, believers, they collected believers for, for the purpose of their economies and for the purpose of their fame. And they deserve to be stripped by, by people even less worthy than they. But again, we're simply changing deck chairs on a sinking ship. Now, this conflict comes to a head 
and the culmination of both righteousness and wickedness reaches the apogee. The people of the earth are taken in whole into the kingdom of Satan. The fact is, when you're not in the kingdom of God, you are already in the kingdom of darkness. It should come as no surprise. If you don't walk with God, you're under the domain of Satan. That's why this beast is able, when it creates the seven systems and as it perfects the seven systems that it creates, that is why all of humankind are captive to it because they already are in it. What is being distinguished is those who are in the body of Christ and they're being distinguished from those who claim they are in the body of Christ. So a great falling away was inevitable. Now, the compendium of the last three sixes together, the first six was Cain, the second two sixes represented Babylon and especially Babylon at the time of Nebuchadnezzar because Babylon is where the migration of the spirit of Cain ends up in entrapping the whole world or the known world. So it's an adequate type and shadow, it's a sufficient type and shadow and enslaving the whole world and pretending to be God. The third of the three sixes, the third sequence is that of three sixes, representing the the penultimate uh, configuration of claiming to be God and that claim resting upon an economy of the sweat of your brow. By now, this claim, these twin things, these twin imperatives beginning in the garden, the claim to be, uh, actually began before the garden, the claim to be the legitimate heirs of God and to strive to achieve that by your own power, you shall be as God's knowing good and evil. Uh, And the curse then of the economy of the seventh day, those things reach their fullest expression which is what the three sixes is really in the sequence of the three, the final three, the final expression is that of three sixes. It begins with one six, goes to two sixes and then it becomes three sixes. It's the penultimate expression of this principle. God without submit, being God without submitted to God and sustaining that by the sweat of your brow capturing mankind and forcing them into that system as its basic view of how rule 
is accomplished. That's what it is. It isn't some number 666. It's 666. It's three sixes. Yes, you may speak of it as 666 and to convey the meaning of it, people may use the word 666 because 666 is 666. But it's not a number that means 666. It's a number that means the final three sixes together, the penultimate expression of that which began and on the earth the first expression of it was Cain, the number of a man. With the help of the Lord I have brought forth a man. So it will have all of that. Now we have gone through extensively, we've discussed the systems of the cosmos, we've discussed the little horn that speaks blasphemous things against the Most High, uh, we've discussed the terror of a system in which you cannot buy or sell unless you've received the mark of the beast, which is to submit uh, to the rule of the beast. In a sense, it's the perfection, the perfection of the capture of the whole earth by the evil one in this kingdom. He gives his power, his throne and great authority to this systemic capture of all mankind except those who dwell in heaven, those who are the sons of God. It still remains the truth that, and I shouldn't even say still because it was never in doubt, it remains the truth that the children of God, the sons of the seed of the woman, ultimately being the person of Christ and those who are in Christ, the, the destiny of the sons of God is to have God decree in their favor and against the systems of the cosmos. From the beginning where the struggle was first defined, this was the designated outcome. There cannot be a different outcome the systems of the cosmos cannot, even uh, collected together and organized uh, in the fashion of this great beast, which is an invisible kingdom unlike the other kingdoms. This is a spiritual reality unlike the other kingdoms designated by the lion, the bear and the leopard, the predecessors, the predatory predecessors of this kingdom this one is a spiritual kingdom. It's largely invisible though like everything spiritual, their invisibility is no bar to their effectiveness and to the effective working among human beings. Because really what we're talking about is what is the system behind the things we're seeing? And nobody should consider that a strange inquiry. I mean, what is the spirit behind 
the economy of gain and profit. What's the spirit behind that? Is there a spirit behind it? Or is it just benign? Everybody doing uh, wonderful things, uh, or at least thinking they are. There's a spirit of greed. I mean, there's a spirit of greed behind it, an invisible spirit of greed. Now, as the people of God, you're allowed to participate in this system, just not to be caught up in the spirit of it. You see? You're allowed to make money. God gives us wisdom to gain wealth, but not as a consequence or not at the expense of the loss of our souls to the spirit of greed. For what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? The spirit of greed exacts perhaps the heaviest of all prices. But we may, by the Spirit of God, use the world though we should not rely on it. The moment you rely on the spirit of the thing, you are part of the domain over which that spirit rules. I've often said, there are many things we can do in form like the world, but we must separate ourselves from the spirit that is behind that form. Martial arts is a good example of this. Most Eastern martial arts have a philosophy to it. There's a spirit to it. But the movements are not especially spirit. So a believer may participate in martial arts, learn the movements of martial arts, so long as he does he or she doesn't buy into the spirit of it. Um, so many things are like that, that the world comes up with. Um, and I think sometimes Christians get caught up in how much can they do that is like the world or whether the best approach is to avoid it altogether. You know, God allows the believers God allows even unbelievers to benefit from things that are in the world. He lets the rain fall on the just and the unjust. But the just never become the unjust or the unjust never becomes the just without a, a transmission from the one, to, one state to the other. So, we're free to use medicines of every kind because God often gives that for the benefit of His people, for the benefit of His people, even if it comes through the unrighteous. However, if you depend upon medicine in replacement of sovereign, of the sovereign care of God, then you've crossed the line from the one to the other. So these are important things to know about the age that we are in. There are systems 
to the cosmos and the spirit behind the systems, the spirit behind the systems always opposed Christ because there was an evil spirit who opposed the sons from the beginning and continues to do so and will until he's destroyed, just like his kingdom is destroyed. That will, that will be the case. Now, how we are to move in the world is never by legalism. We cannot come up because we know certain things are true, certain things are false, we ought not then to create a kind of by rote existence. Then we won't even have the benefits that God intends for us to have. The alternative to any legally based approach to these things, the alternative is to walk in the Spirit. So there's a lot of foolishness about the mark of the beast. Some even consider at this point vaccines as the mark of the beast. Grow up, grow up. They watch as people all around them die from the disease refusing to take the vaccine. Now, I'm not saying that everyone should take the vaccine, I'm not. But the foolishness that says you can't take the vaccine because it is the mark of the beast, that is ridiculous, that is absolute rubbish. And it's based in this speculation and conjecture that I've spent so much time in the scriptures trying to show otherwise. Is this going to change anybody? Probably not. Because if you've decided that what you believe is true, not even God is going to change your mind. And if you've decided that what you believe is true because that's what God showed you, then not even God can change your mind. Then you'll suffer the consequences. This is a time when you cannot rely on these kinds of presuppositions. The one who helps us navigate the systems of the cosmos is the Holy Spirit. We have our own revelation and insight. We have our own relationship to God. Our economy is not about the avoidance of the world's economy. Our economy literally comes from the wisdom of the Spirit of God who shows us how to walk through these times. Now you better hear what I'm saying because at the, at the present moment our economy is still largely subject to us, but the time is coming when it will not be. And if you have taken on these legalistic follies, you may well be part of that which falls away. When the great separation comes, indeed even now has come between the sons of righteousness and the sons of the devil.
there is a remnant to be saved. There is a remnant to be saved. And you cannot be saved by having previously decided what pleases you. You will be saved walking through all of these things by the Spirit of God who has been sent to us to convict the world regarding sin, righteousness, and coming judgments. Now this should settle the matter, although it's foolish of me to hope that even the truth will settle the matter of the mark of the beast. Because people have bought in so deeply into their own mythologies that even when men of understanding bring forth wisdom from the throne of God, they will not be received because the folly of men's own personal convictions about things will replace even the revelation from God. Many see and don't see. They hear and don't hear. Neither do they choose to understand. But there are those who are designated as blessed. Jesus said to His disciples, Blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. And so to you is given to understand the secrets of the Kingdom of Heaven. The Kingdom of Heaven is revealed in terms of the secrets being revealed, not not by the traditions of men or by the vain speculations of the immature and the foolish. Now, I'm speaking as plainly as I can because I do not wish to hold a matter back and cause others to continue in their folly. If you choose to continue in the folly of vain speculation, your blood is on your own head. I'm Sam Solon. Now we'll continue with the 14th chapter of the book of Revelation. See you then. Bye-bye.